We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. It's Thursday when you're hearing this. Tonight's the final preseason game. Johnny, how are you feeling about the Rams riveting preseason here? You know, it just makes me excited for the season to actually begin because, I mean, who really looks forward to the preseason other than, you know, just getting some football back in your life? <laughs> yeah, and especially when your offense doesn't play Pretty much the entire preseason. I, I think the only starter that played on offense was Jamon Brown. None of them are going to play tonight, I would guess. But at least we saw the defense play a little bit. We get to see Nadamik and Sue wreak some havoc. So that was nice. We get to see those guys for a little. Not Aaron Donald, of course, but at least we saw something. True, true. But at the same time, you mentioned Donald. Maybe there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and I think we'll get we'll come around to that. Uh, during our episode today, which is going to be, we're going to make our predictions for the 53-man roster, which this is as good time as any because those cuts are going to be coming quick after that game. So 
it's a good time to listen to it that Thursday when it comes out. So hopefully you are. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM. If you're listening to us on a different server that you might not listen to your other podcasts on, make sure you look for us because we're pretty much everywhere now. And we're also on iebeatradio.com airing Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, our iTunes review contest is still going on. You can win a $50 gift card to the NFL shop. Hopefully, you're spending that money on some Rams gear, but please give us a five-star review there. If you haven't, everything counts. All right, so without further ado, Johnny, I say we just get right into this. Let's start with the quarterbacks. I had Jared Goff and, unfortunately, Sean Mannion as my two guys. I'm. What do you have? You got us only taking two quarterbacks or you got someone else? Medically speaking, I I think you should have three quarterbacks on a roster. But considering who would be behind Mannion, they obviously aren't going to run three quarterbacks. At least that's the vibes I got. You know, during the preseason, they put in Brandon Allen maybe just as, as potential competition for the second spot for Mannion. But honestly, you're better off with Sean Mannion than Allen. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, even I agree with that, and we, wow. all know how I feel. <laughs> we all know how I feel about Mannion. We did get a little news today, though, that the Seahawks traded for Brett Hundley, which means my man, Austin Davis, probably going to be cut. So be on the lookout for me for the next month to be campaigning for the Rams to bring back Austin Davis and either get rid of Sean Mannion or keep three quarterbacks. <laughs> but uh, Davis aside... I do feel like they're going to end up stashing Luis Perez on the practice squad because it just seemed like they have some some hopes for him. What do you think? I'd like to say yes, and I'm hoping that happens, but I don't know. Like The fact that they didn't even really try him in the preseason, and I highly doubt that he plays a snap in the last game, I, well, I don't he, know. I don't think Mannion's going to play tonight. So I think it will be – I think they said it will be Allen first half and Perez second half. Really? Yeah, so that will be exciting. I mean, I, I'm excited to see him a little bit. I, you know, if he sucks, they, they might not even keep him on the practice squad. But at least he's getting a shot. Yeah, he's been he, – he deserves the right to get – you know, in, in film they call it a demo reel of just kind of things he can do. He deserves to at least have some footage of him playing. Yeah, I, I... – Definitely think he deserves a a spot or at least a chance to to earn the spot on the practice squad because it is highly doubtful that he, you know, gets the second spot. I would be truly surprised, but I guess stranger things have happened. Yeah, I can't unless he literally doesn't miss a pass tonight. He's probably not getting that second spot. I mean, maybe the third spot, but I I can't imagine. He seems like a guy who if he's going to be on the team, he's destined for the practice squad. And I think because Manny is not playing, it basically means that that's who they want to go with. Unless they really want to see a lot more of Brandon Allen. I I don't know. I feel like it's going to be Manny. And I really do hope they keep an eye out for quarterbacks on the market of guys to get cut. Because, I mean, personally, I would love Austin Davis back because that's my guy. But I think that we shouldn't – unless they really believe in Sean Manny, which, I mean, for all we know, they could as a backup. But if they don't, they shouldn't settle for the guy. If there's a guy out there they like, go get him. Well, on a slightly off-topic situation there, you did bring up Brett Hundley going to the division rivals. I was one that lobbied for Hundley over Mannion before he was drafted to the Rams over Hundley. 
And I still stand by that. I still say the Rams should have pursued Hunley instead of Mannion. Two different style of quarterback for sure, but I still like what Hunley brings to the table over Mannion. Just saying. I'd much rather have Hunley, and I feel like that's saying a lot. Because Hunley, I think I think it was his last start, or maybe the game before Rodgers came back, he actually didn't look bad. I think I know one of those games he he actually looked pretty good. I mean, the Seahawks gave up a six-round pick for him. I would have rather just kept what they have backup-wise, but because you know, I, for how much I'm harping against Sean Mannion, I wouldn't have really wanted to give up a six-round pick for Brett Hundley. I think when when desperation calls, then maybe you do it. But I, we're not desperate right now because Jared Goff is healthy. So we'll we'll sure. see what happens. But Mannion's more than likely going to be the backup quarterback on day one and seeing as Teddy Bridgewater got fetched a third round pick for uh, a team that is probably not going to play him this year barring injury it's the backup quarterback market might be pretty steep and we don't need to get get all on the Teddy last week but we did have that debate Johnny almost threw up when I said if Goff went down I'd trade a second round pick for him but I've always liked Teddy so I kind of hope that the Saints are planning for the future maybe they know Drew Brees is gone after this year and they want to prepare it, it was kind of a strange trade so it wouldn't surprise me that they're preparing for the future they're clearly all in on this year like we are they traded a first round pick next year to go get a DN that they thought could produce now so maybe they just want to tie up the back of quarterback or maybe Drew Brees told them this is it and they want to kind of cozy up to Teddy Bridgewater who has shown that he could start he hasn't shown that he could be every year in year out pro bowl type quarterback but as far as guys that are available now that could be long-term starters it's pretty much just like teddy bridgewater and that's it but we'll see we'll we haven't really seen him come back from his injury he looked pretty good this preseason so we'll see what happens speaking of guys that look good in the preseason let's move on to the running backs here who do you got you keeping three you keeping four this is tough because this is where you're getting down to the number crunch and you could definitely make an argument for, for four running backs on this roster, and there's four clear running backs that could be on this roster, but I went with three. And I'm going to guess that your three are Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, and John Kelly. That's a good guess. How did you guess that? <laughs> because that's also my three. I, I did like Justin Davis in the first game. He's a guy that I would like to see on the practice squad. He's a guy that... If they wanted to keep four running backs, I wouldn't be upset about it. I think he's a good player. Maybe he could do some stuff on special teams. But I think because of how good John Kelly played in the preseason and because Malcolm Brown has proven that he's the fine backup, nothing great, nothing bad, he's just he can do his job, there's not really a need for a fourth running back because if Malcolm Brown's your third running back and you if Justin Davis doesn't really have any – Anything that he could really bring to the table specifically that the other three guys don't have, which I haven't seen from him. There's not like an aspect of his game that Gurley, Kelly, or Brown don't bring. You don't really need it. You, Todd Gurley is going to probably get, I'd say, 90% of the offensive snaps. I feel like at the worst, 80 uh, with the starters. And so I think you'll, I'm hoping to see Kelly more than Brown. I think Kelly's earned that. But there's not really room for a fourth guy here, and I, I think it would be pretty unnecessary. Yeah, agreed. I, I think Gurley's going to take the bulk of the carries, and there's Brown and Kelly are going to be fighting for playing time as it is. 
Davis is a, an interesting prospect, but I think in the end he's just not going to have the the amount of carries he's going to need to make an impact. So hopefully practice squad, but it wouldn't surprise me if a team lobbies to take him off the squad, even if the Rams do try to keep him. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. He seems like he would be a more than capable third string running back. Definitely. Next up, we got the receivers. But before we get to the receivers, let's take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors. And that's Jim Hawk, who generously gave out a couple preseason tickets to one of our loyal Rams talk listeners this week. So shout out to Jim and shout out to his book, Hollywood's Team. Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. If you want to learn about the Rams' history with a bit of a personal touch, this is the book you're going to want to check out because this book tells the story of the 1950s Los Angeles Rams through the eyes of John Hawk, an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957, and also the author Jim Hawk's father. Check out the story, a son's story of a father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. In this book, you're going to read about guys like Crazy Legs Hirsch. You're going to be read about Tom Fears, Les Richter, Norm Van Brocklin. In this story that really just spans the whole 1950s Los Angeles Rams, you can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So if you're not someone who likes to carry around books, go get it on your Kindle. You can also find Hollywood Steam through various other booksellers around the internet. This is a great book, guys. It'll be worth every penny for a Rams fan out there. But it's also worth it just to learn a story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Guys, trust me. Hollywood Steam, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's a great book, and it's definitely worth your time. Let's move on to the receivers. And we touched on this last week in a debate about Michael Thomas and Kadero Hodge. I went Kadero Hodge here, and I'm not confident that it's going to happen. If I'm a betting man, I'd probably stay away from this, but if I had to bet, I'd probably bet Michael Thomas. But my guys, I have Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Farrell Cooper, and Kadero Hodge. It wouldn't surprise me if both Hodge and Thomas made the team. It wouldn't surprise me if Thomas made it and they tried to sign Hodge to the practice squad. But there might be more of a market out there for Hodge. So who do you have here? I have the exact same. Uh, no butting Whoa. heads here. No butting yeah, heads we, here. Yeah, exact same. I, I think we kind of covered this a little bit last week where we just don't really fully understand why Thomas has kind of stood on this roster. I think there's a hope that he becomes the player that I guess the coaches are hoping for. But in a perfect world, at least in our perfect world, uh, I think Hodge gets the spot. I don't see Thomas as a more viable threat as opposed to Hodge. I think Hodge just brings a little more to the table. And I think he's kind of proven he's he can be a playmaker. I don't know if he can you know get a whole lot of playing time. But either way, I, I'm a Hodge fan. He, I feel like he proved a lot. I've been more impressed with Hodge in these couple of games than I have with anything Michael Thomas has done with the Rams. And I know that's kind of unfair because he has dealt with injuries. He hasn't gotten really any playing time, but he's not going to get any playing time this year, really. And if we're desperate enough to where one of these guys needs to play, I'd rather it be the guy who's flashed some greatness. And that that would be Hodge. Even if he makes the team, I, I really can't imagine there will be much room for him to play. And I think that is partly why I think it could be Thomas, just because... He's been here for a while. He's you know, 
they they can trust him to do certain things, even though he's not going to be needed for much. But I'd much rather see Hodge here. But it it wouldn't shock me if he didn't make it. But I I think if he doesn't make it, I think somebody picks him up. I don't think he's there to pick up for the practice squad. No, I would be surprised if he stays on the practice squad without you know some team actually trying to get him. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, maybe Thomas does make the squad. Maybe he challenges Reynolds for the spot instead of Hodge, and we get Hodge and Thomas on the team at the same time. I'd be really surprised at that, though. Yeah, and there is some spots that will be filled later because uh, we'll get to it later, but Jamon Brown, he doesn't count against the roster right now. So it wouldn't totally floor me if they kept both of them. And we're just going to cut one after two weeks. Just, you know, kind of give it a two two more week tryout here. But, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be Thomas. It might. I don't know. I hope it's not Thomas. I really like what we've seen from Kadero Hodge. And I, I haven't seen enough from Thomas to really warrant him sticking around. Let's move on to probably the worst position on the Rams roster. And that's tight end. I've got Gerald Everett, Tyler Higbee, and Tamara Hemingway, who has been noticeably bad this preseason and all of the 53-man roster projections i read i read one on Ramswire and turf show times they both noticed that he was basically a lock to make the team before the year but it wouldn't shock them if he got cut and while i'd probably agree with that i don't think anyone else has done enough to earn that spot and i this is not a position that i want to go into the season with three guys at or two guys, sorry. So that that's a spot for me to watch out if somebody gets cut that the Rams like. Maybe they bring him in as a third tight end and let Hemingway walk. But who, what do you got here at tight end? Well, definitely three tight ends. You have the obvious two in Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. I, I think Higby's going to start off as the starter, which is a little disappointing. Yeah. But Hemingway is as you said noticeably bad he really disappointed in so many aspects that i would really be nervous about him being even even as a third stringer i'd be really nervous to have him as a third stringer on the roster and one guy that you know maybe didn't really stand out stand out but stood out a little bit i feel is johnny munt and i am kind of lobbying and kind of thinking that he might squeak his way on the roster. I'm kind of hoping for it. I don't think any of us would lose sleep if Munt made it over Hemingway. It, it's kind of like the Michael Thomas thing where I wouldn't be upset because it'd be a nice change, change of scenery, get someone new in there, maybe he shows some stuff. It might just be another thing, too, of just a guy that knows the system that's been here. But it would be nice to see Munt make the team, and hopefully Everett is ready for week one because I, I've – Higby's another guy I feel like I've seen enough of, but I I don't think this position in particular is gonna see many targets their way. It will be nice though to see see Everett get some touches, but we'll see. This is a position that Sean McVay likes, and it's kind of disappointment that he hasn't found his guy there. So Munt and Hemingway that'll probably be one of the more interesting battles to watch as we wind down. And this is a position where I'd really keep an eye on the Rams picking up somebody that gets cut from another team that maybe they've had their eye on it like well it's happened in the past for sure yeah and it wouldn't surprise me if if the rams do this again because again while month i feel it was the better player as opposed to 
Hemingway, it wasn't as though he was super flashy either. You know, he had some, you know, moments here and there. But overall, I would be in favor of looking for someone else. Of course, you know, Cap isn't exactly, you know, overflowing with cash either. So, you know, we have to keep that in mind too. Yeah, and I mean, if this is going to be a guy on a minimum, I would assume, if they're getting cut at tight end late into the preseason. But we'll see. That'll be an interesting one to watch. Let's move on to the offensive line here. Now, it needs to be noted that Jamon Brown is suspended for the first few games, as we know. He will not count against the original 53-man roster. So one of these 53 guys, barring a crazy injury, knock on wood here, is will be on the team for two weeks, and then yeah, he'll be gone. So that's why I mentioned that could be possible for Kadero Hodge and Mike Thomas. That could be a possibility for a guy like Justin Davis. But O-line here, I have Whitworth, Roger Saffold, John Sullivan, Rob Havenstein, Joseph Noteboom, Austin Blythe, who seems to be on track to be the starter week one, uh, Brian Allen, another rookie they drafted, Jameel Demby, and then I have Daryl Williams here as a guy who I think is going to be cut after two weeks for Brown. I think he's just going to be there in case they get desperate offensive line. I'm curious who you have. You know, that's kind of the interesting thing. One, one of the things that I noticed as I was assembling this roster together is McVeigh and Snead actually did a very good job in finding very versatile offensive linemen because as you get down to it, when you um, go to the backups, a lot of these guys can be interchangeable in a lot of different positions. Uh, so there were even some players I wasn't even sure what to label them as, you know, in terms of tackle guard because once brown comes back it'll be interesting where the depth chart lies but uh anyways i i pretty much had everything the same as you with the exception of daryl williams i went with eldrin camp instead yeah just because i feel like he has a little bit more of an upside williams it wouldn't surprise me if he is taken over eldrin camp but at the same time, I feel like either one of these guys would be cut anyway in, once Brown returns. So that's kind of my only difference. Everyone else was pretty much a lock. So Eldrin Camp, I think, is going to be a solid addition until Brown comes back. But again, Williams, I feel like, is versatile also. So it might come down to Williams or Eldrin Camp. But uh, me personally, I think I would I would go with Eldrin Camp. Yeah, and I, I, I get that too. I think that those two guys would probably be gone after two weeks. I think, like I've been saying, there's the chance that they use this roster spot elsewhere because they might want to give somebody an extended tryout, and they do. They're pretty deep here. I mean, Austin Blythe, they said he's on track to be the starter week one and replacing Brown, which means Note Boom will be a backup, and he's looked good. He's grading out really well on PFF, and that, that's a guy who you feel good about him going into the season as your backup in long term. He'll probably grab one of those starting spots, but this is a nice, deep position, and like receiver, it, it feels good to be confident about your offensive line going into the season. These are two positions that have been detrimental to the Rams in recent years, and it's it's nice to feel really good about both of them going into the year. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace considering that 
the offensive line has been an area of concern in recent years. And the fact that there's stability and chemistry here, it, it, it's a good feeling and especially a good feeling for golf because, uh, yeah, his first year wasn't uh, so uh, memorable for him. So, you know, now that we got some stability here, it, it's going to be a fun season, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. It's so nice to enter the year with expectations, something that the Rams have been void of for basically a decade. But here we are. We're good. It's awesome. We're going to move on to another very good part of the team, and that's the defense. But first, we're going to give a shout-out to our sponsor at the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're going to support a member of the Ramley, really just a fellow Rams fan, then and really just get an old-school barbershop experience in the Orange County area, you got to check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, area code 92683. Sal opened his shop as a shrine of the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis, and he kept the lights on ever since. And luckily for him, the team came back home to him. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use our promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that you've been sent by us and that you guys are going to like to talk about the Rams. And you'll get a discount on a haircut that's already affordable. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday, Sal's at the games. He's watching football. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to Sal's shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. But Sal also provides you that old-school barbershop experience where you can just shoot it about the Rams football and whatever you want the whole time. Trust me, guys. Sal's a great barber. This is an experience you're not going to want to regret. Let's move on to the defense here, and we're going to start with the defensive line that is very much a bolstered-up part of the defense. Now, Aaron Donald obviously hasn't reported, but judging by Sean McVay's comments this week and Les Snead's response and the various reports we've had over the past couple of weeks that the deal was close, it I feel like he is going to be a part of the opening day 53-man roster with a fresh new contract. So... My defensive tackles here and DNs, I guess, because we're running a 3-4. Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Nadamkin Sue, Dominic Easley, who I know has been playing some outside linebacker here, but we're gonna I'm going to factor him in with this group. Ethan Westbrooks, John Franklin Myers, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Tanzel Smart. Who do you got, Johnny? For the most part, everyone the same, with the exception of Day. Uh, yeah. I like Chunky Clements. Okay. Uh, I I know it's kind of a bold, a bold statement there, just because Day is kind of someone that you'd expect to be on the roster, but in my opinion, there's always that one surprise on the roster, and I feel like Clements could be that guy. I I feel like he yes he, he has some shining moments during preseason, and it wouldn't surprise me if he made the roster. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I am all for having a dude named Chunky on the team. I mean, let's be real. But, yeah, I think that Tanzel Smart and um, Tanzel Smart and Sebastian and Joseph Day definitely do not have those spots locked up. I think the other guys I named it would be stunning if they weren't on the team. Uh, maybe Donald if he was inactive for week one. But, yeah, you know, Chunky Clements, he's a guy with some promise, and that – that wouldn't I wouldn't be too upset if they ended up rolling with him on the lineup. But 
Yeah, this is this is another position that I feel really good about, and ultimately, I think Day, Smart, and Clements. There's not really going to be many snaps for those guys. I think the you. I think we could both agree that the backup work there is going to go to Westbrooks and Franklin Myers, and easily depending on where he's playing. But it seems like he might roll with the linebackers now, which if he can do that, that that would be huge. Yeah, I would love to see easily in the linebacker spot although I would have to admit I do see him more as a defensive lineman just because that's always been his career position for the most part so seeing him move over to linebacker would be weird but hey if he could do it why not uh by the way I have another question for you do you think Chunky Clements eats Chunky Soup (laughs) man (laughs) now I want him to make the team and break out just so he could get a Campbell's Chunky Soup commercial with his mom, like we used to have back in the day with McNabb and everyone. I mean, that now that would be amazing. No, maybe I'm going to change my roster right here. Maybe I'm going to put him on. <laughs> I hope he eats Campbell's Chunky chunky Noodle Soup. Well, I I mean, that would be perfect if, if he can get that. I would – I mean, life would be complete at that point. I mean, not only do the Rams have an awesome breakout player, but then they – have a perfect pun. I mean, what what could be better than that? <laughs> the commercial writes itself. And if you don't think it does, Campbell's, give me a call. I'd love to love to write some ads for you. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. All right, let's let's move on to our outside linebackers here. Now we mentioned easily. Now I I'm with you. I don't. I think he's more of a D lineman, but I think. I can't imagine you know them putting him outside linebacker and then dropping him back into coverage very often. But because our outside linebackers are basically defensive ends, they're they're standing defensive ends. Robert Quinn made the move last year, so I could see him making the move to outside linebacker most of the time for that reason. And because this is also a pretty weak group, I have Samson Ibukam, Matt Longacre, Justin Lawler, and Ijuan Price. I watched some tape of him and he looked really good. Uh, so, and to mention here too, Ogbana Okoronkwo is, I believe, going to be on the pup list. He hasn't played at all. It'd be weird to me that they would put him on the active roster week one instead of easing him back into things with a six week time span to get him back in and make sure he's 100% healthy when they want to bring him back. So, so he wouldn't count on the active roster. So that, that factored in my decision. So those are my four guys. Who do you got? basically the same you know oboe is gonna probably be on the physically unable to perform list which is a shame because this is a guy that you know pretty much all of rams nation was high on so i would like to see him on the roster but realistically speaking it it would be more likely if he came back in like week two week three and that might be even wishful thinking just because uh, you know, foot injuries are just so hard to predict. But, yeah, overall, you know, you can expect guys like uh, Longacre, Price, Ibukam, and and Lawler for sure. So are you putting Oboe on the on your active roster on your 53? No. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think he starts out inactive. I think he probably starts on the pup, which would mean he has to sit out six weeks. But... I think it'll give the Rams a little more clarity on what these other guys got. 
and then they could really ease him back into it. And you know, this group, man, it's I'm I'm pr- I like Ibu Kim. I actually think he will surprise a lot of people this year. I think he'll be a pretty solid starter, but I I don't feel great on who's gonna be on the other side of him. And I think that's part a big part of the reason why they're letting easily get some run there. And it wouldn't floor me at all if he was the week one starter because a long anchor is okay, but he leaves a lot to be desired as your starter. Lawler and Price have have shown a lot of promise. I don't think the Rams are ready to commit to them as their day one starter. It wouldn't shock me if either of them earned the job. Same with Oboe later in the year. But you think it'll be Ebukam and Longacre as the starting linebacker, outside linebackers? Yeah, I, I don't see anyone else unless, like you mentioned, easily uh, moves over to linebacker, which is an interesting idea. And if he can do it, then I'm all for it because I'm kind of with you, Longacre is a great backup he but that's just it he just needs to be fulfill that backup role you know for him to be a starter is just not really preferred but um yeah uh, as of now since oboe can cannot start i just don't think price is quite ready yet who i think should be the next guy in line at least until oboe gets back but yeah long acre just for experience alone i think is going to probably get the nod if easily doesn't get it. I'm with you there. I think honestly, we'll probably see a bit of a 50 50 split between Longacre and easily week one. And I mean, the last game was the first time we saw easily this preseason and he played a lot outside. So it seems like that might be really what they're leaning towards. That'll, that'll be one that's interesting to watch in terms. That's really the only starter position battle we really have. Well, actually that's not true. We're going to get to the other one. But I, that, that'll that be interesting to see. Let's move on to the inside linebackers. And the, the linebacking core as a whole is a pretty big weak spot on this defense. But because everything else is so damn good, I, I don't think it'll be a big deal. I have Mark Barron, Micah Kaiser, Rannick Wilson, Corey Littleton, and Traven Howard, who... It seems like the special teams really wants to keep around our, our boy Bones over there. Who do you got for inside linebackers? Inside linebacker, uh, mostly the same. Uh, obviously, Barron, Littleton, Wilson, Kaiser. Uh, actually, just a little bit about Kaiser. He, I mean, I kind of figured that this guy was going to be a decent player, but he's actually progressed really, really quickly. And, you know... At some point, I think that this guy might be, you know, the Rams go to as a starter. Um, but in terms of behind him, my my choice would be uh, Bryce Hager uh, instead of Howard. You know, I, I like Bryce Hager a lot. I think he's he has a really decent special role, uh, special teams role. Yeah, overall, he's kind of not anything spectacular in one area, but as a you know, complete backup role. I, I think Hager is a, is a guy you can rely on. Hager is, he's kind of like a lot of other players that we've talked about here where we've just seen him for so long and he's been okay, but he's done absolutely nothing to impress me really. He makes a tackle here and there, but nothing that makes me really sold on him being on the team. And that's kind of why I marked him off. He was, I'll admit, he was one of the last guys I took off when I, I did my roster. I had him in 
Uh, he was one of the last guys that came off to trim it down to 53. But he obviously would not be a shock at all if Hager was on the team. He's been here for a while, and that that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But I want to get you a question about the linebacking core here. Who do you think starts next to Mark Barron in week one? And who do you think ends the season starting next to Mark Barron? Is it the same guy? <sighs> that's That's tough. I think starting the season, uh, it's going to be between Littleton and Wilson, but I'm going to probably say Littleton just because I feel like Littleton's a little bit underrated. And I think other than uh, his experience, Littleton will get the, the starting spot, but eventually uh, Micah Kaiser will will overthrow him towards the end of the season. I, I do have a lot of faith in Micah Kaiser just based on what I've seen so far. And while it is impressive, I don't know if he can actually take that starting role right off the bat. But give him a little time and a little coaching, and I can definitely see Kaiser overthrowing uh, Littleton for that starting role. We're not doing a lot of butting heads in this podcast because I completely agree with you. I definitely think Kaiser ends up being the guy that starts at the end of the year. I think he was a very nice pick where they got him. It was great value. We'll see if Oboe is too, but we with Kaiser, what we've seen, he looks great. And I do think Littleton ends up being the week one starter. I think there's an outside chance for Ramick Wilson, but uh, I'm not ready to pencil him in there yet. So I think you see a bit of all three of them week one. And obviously Mark Barron's got to get some breaks too, but I think Barron's locked in as the main linebacker while he... You know, it's not ideal that he's your best inside linebacker. Barron's a good player, and I'm okay with it. And I think Kaiser, he's he's got the upside here. He's got enough players around him where his mistakes will – he'll get away with some of them here and there because the rest of the defense is so good. But, yeah, Kaiser looks awesome, man. I'm, I'm really happy about that draft pick. Before we get to our secondary and special teamers – we're going to give one more shout-out here to our friends at Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Remodeling. It's hot outside, guys. I am sitting in my New York apartment here. I'm sweating my ass off right now. I can't run the air during my podcast because I want to give you guys the best audio quality I can, and that will mess it up. So anyone out there in Southern California that does not have AC right now, I'm sure it would sound amazing to just be sitting in a pool right now. Now, maybe your pool, maybe it's not ready to sit in maybe you need some repairs maybe you don't have one if you're looking to remodel resurface or put in a pool give jayhawk plast pool plastering and modeling a visit at 4780 east wesley avenue in anaheim california jayhawk pool plastering and modeling serves orange county in the southland and is run by jayhawk brother of jim hawk son of former ram john hawk he built this business on the mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service head on over to jayhawkpools.com and take a look for yourself at what they've done you can see the quality fin quality in their finishes and the testimonies provided by their past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, that's 714-695-0700. You can reach them by email at info at jayhawkpools.com. Folks, this is a great opportunity to support our podcast and help fellow members of the Ramley. If you live out in the area, give Jayhawk Pool Plastering a call. That refreshing dip in the pool will absolutely be worth it and guys we're looking for sponsors for the upcoming season if you run a business this is a great and inexpensive way to get word out on your business our numbers are going crazy right now 
and you're going to want to get in now before they continue to grow during the season. Reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you right now. And if you have friends that have businesses and think they'd be a good fit for this podcast, hit us up about them too. Let them hit us up. Anyways, we are coming down to the wire here on our season predictions for the 53-man roster. Let's get into cornerbacks. I feel like I've been going first every time. So, Johnny, I'm going to let you give us your cornerbacks. So, I'm going to throw in something a little bit surprising here. Let me know which one you think is surprising. So, to start off with, it's not going to be too surprising. Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, Sam Shields, Nickel Rowe Coleman, and Torian Nixon. That's all you got? For the cornerbacks, yes. So, you are out. On our man Troy Hill here, I see. Yes. Uh, Troy Hill is frustrating at best. And to be honest with you, Nixon wouldn't have been my first choice to have uh, um, as the backup. I personally liked Peterson. And it was kind of a toss-up between Nixon and Hatfield. But Peterson would have been my first choice. Unfortunately, he's out for the year, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he's on the IR. So Nixon, in my opinion, is kind of a new change of scenery. If they end up with Hill, it wouldn't surprise me too much just because of his experience. But, man, he was just frustrating to watch in this preseason. There was points last year where he was frustrating to watch in the regular season. I I just don't have a lot of faith in this guy. I really don't. And I hope that it doesn't come to the point where the Rams have to play a lot of Nixon but if he has to be out there, I feel a little more confident in Nixon than I do with Hill. So I have the same five, but I also have Hill. I think they keep six here. Even though it's a pretty deep position for them, these guys I don't think they're going to get much time. But I think they know Hill has been here. And, I mean, we've had to throw him into situations where he wasn't equipped for. But, I mean, as your fifth cornerback, you could you could do worse, believe it or not. And I don't know why I called him our boy Troy Hill because I, I don't know if we've ever said a positive thing about Troy Hill on this podcast ever. But I think <laughs> I think they're going to stick with his experience, and I think they do keep Nixon too, more of a special teams guy. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Troy Hill didn't make the team. I it would surprise me a little just because he's been here for a while, and last year he had a he had a role on the team, but I. I don't think they cut him, if it's up to me. I think they keep six, and I think partly because I don't think the depth at safety is going to be great, and if something happens to Joyner or Johnson, I could see them testing out Hill or Nixon or even Sam Shields, to be honest, at safety, if it were to come down to that, and then they'd have to replace his depth. But So you went Nixon over Hatfield. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a tough one for me because – I, I do think Hatfield has that kind of experience factor as well. But in the end, I will say Nixon showed a little bit more during preseason than Hatfield did. Um, not that he was perfect because there was quite a few plays that I can recall that Nixon really kind of play. But Nixon has the most upside over the three. Uh, not saying a whole lot, but uh, again, my, my, my guy was Peterson and unfortunately he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer that he got hurt. Um, and I've been looking at some of the other sites in the Rams community to see what they had here. Turf Show Times had 
Dominique Hatfield on the roster, not Nixon. Ramswire and Downtown Rams didn't have either of them. So it is you you were the only one that had Troy Hill cut but it would it would not shock me if they cut Troy Hill I mean he's he hasn't been very good and we saw a couple of years ago when they cut what was that bum's name dude who'd they cut he started week one and then they cut him like four weeks later from the Titans oh uh, yes, <laughs> what is that um, guy's name I'm trying to forget him is what it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn what oh man now nah, this is gonna bother the shit out of me, man. Let's yeah, let's bother me too. <laughs> let's see if we uh we think of it before the show ends. If not, if not, I'll look up the roster. Let's get to the safeties. Who do you got for your safeties? So I ended up with four safeties. Uh, I don't I I don't know if that's uh, different from you, but I ended up with four safeties on the roster. Obviously, the two starters being John Johnson and Lamarcus Joyner. And the backups being uh, Blaine Countess and uh, Christian Marquis. Yeah, I have the same four. I, I'm not huge on either of those guys, but I, I think they've kind of entrenched themselves as the backups here. I don't think there's going to be a lot of work for them with Joyner and Johnson. But what? So let's say something happens to Joyner or Johnson. Do you think that we see one of those guys step in as a starter? Or do you think they try and move maybe a Sam Shields or one of the other cornerbacks that ends up on the roster? It wouldn't surprise me if they do try to move a guy like Sam Shields uh, as the starter just because he does have a little experience playing safety. But I I kind of like uh, Countess and Marquis. Obviously, I don't like them as a starter. If some unfortunate events happened, I, I would be happy with Countess just because I, I like what I see out there with them. But again, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh you know bother me at all if they moved Shields over to corner. I mean to safety rather. Yeah, and we I talked about this on past podcasts and on the website too. The Rams have ha- found the ability to find safeties. You know Johnson was not a high draft pick and Joyner wasn't even a safety when they drafted him and both of them played extremely well last year. Joyner got the franchise tag He's going to get a nice paycheck next offseason, whether it's from us or somebody else, if he continues his stellar play. So I I believe in Sneed in this regard, and that's why I, I would, wouldn't mind seeing them give those guys a chance. And I'm sure we see some sham shields sprinkled in as well. But, I mean, man, overall, I feel great about that defense. And outside of safety, every position's got some depth. Outside linebacker doesn't really have any, but, I mean, linebacker, we talked about three potential guys that could get the starting spot, even though none of them are that great. It's nice that you'll have some depth there and defensive line. Forget about it. It's loaded. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, to slightly change the subject here, the name that we've tried to forget. <laughs> I, I pulled it up too. You can go for it. It's Cody Sensabaugh. Cody Sensabaugh. He signed a, he got a decent paycheck. From the Rams, I believe that was that had to be Fisher's last year, right? And he started week, yeah, it was. yeah, he started week one, and he was cut on October eighth. He earned four point five million dollars for playing in three games. So, Cody, for that reason, I don't feel bad giving you some slack on the podcast because you made one point five million dollars a game with the Rams. So, congrats to Cody on that ridiculous contract that Jeff Fisher gave him. 
let's get to the final note here. I'm assuming your special teams is Greg Zerline, Johnny Hecker, and Jake McQuaid. Wow. Uh, how did you come up with that one? <laughs> no Sam Thicken? Oh, man. I hope we don't see Thicken again. No. <laughs> I, I, Thicken could have been done worse. He, But Zerline is just so good, man. I, I'm always happy to have him around. And it's – we don't talk about player development in kickers very often, but Zerline has come a long way. He – he had that killer stretch his rookie year where he made a pretty crazy amount of field goals in a row. He was hitting from 60 yards. He was pretty bad his second and I believe his third season. And then to really become like a fantasy dynamo last season and assert himself as maybe the best kicker in the league. He was first team all pro as was our entire special teams kicker, punter, and kick returner who let us down in the playoffs. But we're not losing faith in our man Farrell. But it's just – it's funny how our kicker has developed. Like, that just kind of makes me laugh thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and on top of that, we forgot one very important fact about our special teams. Johnny Hecker can actually step in as a backup quarterback if you're not feeling Sean Mannion and if Jared Goff goes down. <laughs> so there's that. As- you know, Johnny Hecker – I'm sure has a better uh, QB rating than Sean Mannion at this point. As ridiculous as it sounds, I bet that factors into their decision to keep two quarterbacks. Like, (laughs) I'm they wouldn't he wouldn't he's never going to start a game for the team. But like, if he, I bet they don't feel terrible about him being the emergency quarterback because if you lose two quarterbacks in one game, you weren't destined to win that game. You like. You you were not meant to win that game if that happens. So I I you could do worse than your third string quarterback being Johnny Hecker. Not this is third true. string. I mean, your, your emergency quarterback. I mean, I, I if I recall correctly during Hard Knocks, I, I believe it was Aaron Donald. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Aaron Donald said he can play quarterback, right? Or was that somebody else? Ah. <laughs> uh- I don't remember who it was, but I mean, if they lined up Aaron Donald at quarterback after Goff and Manning got hurt, I would give no complaints. I, <laughs> I like just for like the sheer fun of it. You're probably not going to win that game anyways. No, I mean, it would be entertaining as hell. I mean, could you imagine if he tries to become a dual threat quarterback and he tries to, you know, run in for a touchdown? I'm like, man, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, man, we. As much as I would love to see that, I hope we don't. Uh, no. <laughs> you got anything you're you're looking for in this final preseason game tonight? Just seeing a, a lot of competition, uh, particularly at linebacker. You know, the tight end position might become a little bit more clear. I, I hope to see Perez go in. But other than that, I, I think one of the things you can get out of this podcast is there, there shouldn't be a lot of surprises and most of kind of the shocking aspects of this roster will most likely be the last guy in each spot. So that's not going to be too surprising when it's all said and done. You know, these are guys that are locked in, that the Rams have signed under contract for the most part. And this is going to be the bare bones of the team for, you know, many years to come, I think. Yeah, 
I, I'm excited to see the guys that haven't gotten a shot yet, like Perez and some of those guys. Even though they're not going to make the team, it'll just be nice to see some fresh faces in there. But, yeah, I, I'm ready for week one. I'm excited for next Monday, that's for sure. So we can wrap it up there. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't yet. Check out our show everywhere. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, IE Beat Radio. For Johnny, this is Steve Ribeiro. Talk to you guys with our regular season preview next week. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.